0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
2: It's Jonathan and Kitty for Weekend Perspective. During this insanity,
0: you know, sometimes you can feel helpless. And then there's some organizations who are just moving forward and doing so many great things. Mark Westover is the CEO over at the YMCA And, you know, every morning when I drive to work, I see the YMCA on the west side, and there's an exercise area up top. And unfortunately, that's dark now. But that doesn't mean that the YMCA is totally dark. You guys are very busy right now, right, Mark?
1: Yeah, we absolutely are. Uh, As the pandemic hit, uh, we quickly took a look at, okay, what are our strengths and our core competencies that we could adjust? And provide services to the community on an ongoing basis. So we've done that in several different areas. Uh, right now, when you drive back by the uh, West Y, you may notice there's some signs in the window. Uh, that's part of our emergency childcare that we're running for first responders and essential uh, medical personnel. So, so we've how made do, that
0: sorry. how does oh, sorry, that work exactly? Tell us. Walk us through that a little bit
1: yeah so uh, we are the largest child care provider in dane county we provide uh, care for over 1100 kids each year Um, and that's in preschool that's in um, 4k kindergarten uh, and then it's in before and after school programming Uh, so kids uh, if you are an emergency health care worker or a first responder uh, typically they will look to their network and say okay who can i rely on and And once that village kind of runs dry, uh, then they can uh, reach out to us typically uh, and they can bring their child by if they're between the ages of one and 13. And the really nice thing about our programming is that we're able to take and utilize the same curriculum that we have on a regular basis. So they're getting the highest level of care also. The other thing, because our facilities are empty, there's a lot of room for us to take and move kids uh, so if the weather's bad, uh, we can take the kids to the gym, and then we we'll utilize that downtime to take and clean out um, and do a deep sanitization of the classroom that they were in. And then once they return to the classroom, we'll do the same thing with the gym. Uh, so it works out really well. We quickly set that up. to We were ready to go on March 30th. And um, with, uh, with that, we set it up so that we could have capacity of 150 kids, Uh, we were limited by the state's orders to have 50 at each location and we also set it up for 24-hour seven-day-a-week care we reached out to the red cross who was kind enough to take and donate um, some cots in case we had to have kids overnight thankfully the pandemic didn't reach the levels where we had to have kids overnight and we were never at capacity so in the grand scheme of things those are really good
2: so the kids aren't crammed into small rooms. There's plenty of room for them and the, and the teachers as well.
1: Yeah, they're, uh, they're limited to uh, 10 kids in a classroom, and we'll have two teachers in there to make sure that we can really help maintain social distancing. Uh, kids like to be close and, and social, and um, we work very hard to make sure that they're recognizing that.
0: That's incredible work. And I mean, there's, you know, if you're a healthcare worker, you're already so concerned with dealing with obviously the healthcare and then having your children there. It's such a, it's such a delicate balance. And that probably brings so much relief for the workers, I'm assuming as well.
1: It does. And from the moment that they drop off their kids, they can see how seriously we're taking um, the health concerns. So every, every staff worker uh, gets their temperature taken uh, when they arrive at work and, throughout the day, and the same is true of kids. So the parents will, will drop their, their kids off in the vestibule, and that'll be the point of transition. Uh, so the healthcare workers are never coming inside of our facility to minimize the potential spread. Um, so we're, we're taking the highest level of precaution in everything that we're doing. Staff have masks on. Uh, so it gives them a really high level of, of comfort. Um, not only knowing that we're taking the health concerns seriously, but that the kids are really well taken care of, and it's something that they don't have to spend their time worrying about, and they can concentrate on their patients.
0: Right. We're talking to Mark Westover, the CEO over at the YMCA.
2: And I also noticed as I drive by uh, the YMCA, signs about free food that you guys are offering. Tell us about uh, the meals that the Y is offering.
1: Yeah, so we're running emergency food programs at eight different locations. Uh, the concern is when kids are out of school, uh, for so many kids, that lunch program that they're getting or that breakfast program that they're getting may be the only meal throughout the day that they're getting. So if school has gone virtually, that source of food has dried up. So we're working in, in those eight different locations, bringing food programs to neighborhoods that the kids live in. Five of those um, are for just kids, and, and what they'll get is a a lunch for that day, and a breakfast for the next day, both brown bag meals. And then at each of our Y locations, we're running an emergency food pickup location uh, where anyone of any age uh, can come through uh, and get a free meal. We originally started those three locations geared at seniors because we knew that they would be hesitant to go out to grocery stores, but we quickly recognized that there were other people that, that had greater needs and didn't want to travel a long distance we're blessed. There's a lot of wonderful food pantries in, in Dane County, um, but convenience is is really an important thing because sometimes they have limited transportation. Fear doesn't want them to go far. Uh, we actually had, had two sisters that reached out to us. Uh, one was 71 and one was 69, and they both had disabilities, uh, and they were afraid to come out. So we worked closely with um, not only our Y staff, but also some of the food pantries in the area to make sure that they were getting three meals a day. So uh, you you hate to see that people are going through that and dealing with the fear of it, but it sure is rewarding for our staff to be able to step up and and really help there. Uh, The other people that are really helping out there is our members. Our members have been so wonderful in sticking with us and recognizing that they've now moved from that member that can work out in the facility and participate in our programs to becoming an impact member where they're responding to this need in the same way that our staff is.
0: And you t- talked a little bit about the elderly and uh, them being nervous to go out. People maybe have relatives who don't live in the same city as them who are elderly, and you're kind of helping out sort of checking on, on people as well or calling them or what are you guys doing?
1: Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. We have a senior calling program. Uh, we have a large uh, population of Of individuals that are 65 and older that utilize the YMCA, and it's a really important social network for them, and it's a great way for them to stay active and healthy. Uh, Because COVID makes them one of the more vulnerable um, age groups, uh, we've taken and our staff has been calling each and every one of those. We've made over 1,100 phone calls directly to our seniors just to check in, make sure that they had somebody that was checking in on them at a regular basis make sure that they were getting food that they needed, and if anything came up, that we could make connections. I think equally importantly, though, it was just them having someone call so that they recognized that they were missed uh, and that we cared about them.
2: We're talking with YMCA CEO Mark Westover, and are you still looking for volunteers to help out with stuff, or do you have that pretty much set?
1: Well, unfortunately, because uh, of COVID, Uh, We haven't been able to really utilize volunteers, so we're utilizing all of our own YMCA staff to take and run these programs. We really want to minimize the potential risk of, of bringing in multiple groups of individuals on a volunteer basis. We rely very heavily on volunteers throughout the rest of the year, but this was one time that we really had to restrict who could participate, and therefore we just limited it to our employees, and it also allowed us to keep them employed.
2: Oh, definitely. That's very important. And I was looking at your website, and I see you've got some uh, ways to help people stay fit, some virtual resources to help people stay fit, because they can't come to the Y and work out.
1: Yeah, we, uh, we quickly pivoted. We had uh, Within the first week, we had over 200 virtual online classes. Uh, and as we've gone on, we've continued to add more and more classes. And this last week, we added some virtual live classes because what our members have reached out to us and said is I really appreciate the virtual offering that you have but the problem is I'm used to working out with my friends and I don't get to see them so now we're offering live classes via zoom (laughs) cool so they can still get some of that shared experience with their friends and and joke back and forth with one another and um, you know feel feel somewhat of a connection
2: very cool
0: so do you I mean I feel like no one knows the answer to this but now moving forward for like the summer and things what what are your plans is it just to wait and see right now or you have to be putting some plans into place what are you guys thinking over there
1: Yeah so throughout this whole process we we've always been planning and then you quickly adjust and tack depending on what new uh, issues have have risen uh, so we're planning on reopening unless the governor extends the stay-at-home order on the twenty-sixth of March. Uh, so of We're May. putting that whole pro- uh, Sorry, of May. Yeah, of May. <laughs> May 26th. It's, that's how quickly time has been going. I by. know we yeah. have no
2: idea what month or day it is. Yeah, yeah. We're with you. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, so May 26th, we We're we're looking at reopening unless it's extended. There's been a lot of planning that that the team has been putting into that because. Safety of everyone is first and foremost. And if people are in our facility are working out, it's recommended that they don't wear masks. So social distancing is going to become really critical, as well as us cleaning everything. We are planning on running summer camp. Uh, we know that the numbers, we now are going to be limited to 50 children in any one location. So we're reaching out to the community to, to identify other areas that we can spread camp out to more locations with smaller groups. But camp, I think, is going to become really important for kids because that's the other thing that they aren't getting with school being virtual. They don't have those same social aspects. And I think it's going to be important for parent sanity, too. Everybody loves their kids, uh, but they also understand that kids and parents can't always be together 100% of the time it's not good for anybody's mental health, I think.
0: Very true. Now, did you, uh, did you say as far as, like, the health club, then if you reopen that, you'll limit, or you haven't totally figured this out yet, like limit how many members can come in or if you kind of walk through that scenario?
1: Yeah, so the initial opening for phase one, we will be limited to 10 individuals in any one area. So in the fitness center, for instance, We'll have 10 members working in, working out within that room. We'll have an attendant standing outside the door that will check people in and out to make sure that we don't ever go over that number. We'll be assigning equipment to make sure that social distancing is honored. And then that same individual, when someone leaves, will go in and sanitize uh, the workout area that they were in um, to minimize uh, the the risk of someone missing something, uh, and also so that our People that are coming by, our members aren't having to touch spray bottles that other people have touched. With group exercise, there will be limited to nine people working out with one instructor, Uh, and then within the pool area will be limited to ten also, and it will be one lap swimmer per lane.
0: So this is – yeah, go ahead.
1: So we've made some really good progress. They will be getting temperature checks when they come – Uh, they'll be scanning their own membership cards, they'll be asked a series of questions so that we can take and identify potential carriers before they even really get into our facility.
0: Right, but so then will there be, um, just because the logistics of this I think is so difficult, I don't envy you, but then will people sign up or do you show up at the club and if there's already people there, you wait outside? Or how, you know, if you're going to limit to 10 people in an area, how does that work? Yeah, so many
2: scenarios you have to think about.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's
1: just it, and and you want to keep the member experience as positive as possible. So we will have tape on the outside of the facility with six foot social distancing. Um, when they do get in, they'll be asked where they're going to go. If they're going to go to the fitness center, we will have we can have up to ten people in the hallway leading up to the fitness center. We'll have tape on the floor, and we aren't really sure what level of people will come back. Right. So we may have to extend our our hours beyond what the opening hours are going to be. So we'll be heavily communicating all of that through email and uh, probably a video explaining everything for our members also. So that everyone has a good understanding coming in and and really good signage.
2: And I'm thinking about the locker room too. Like that has to be something that you have to be pretty careful about so people aren't right next to each other changing, etc.,
1: yeah, they, there we will be assigning lockers to individuals, uh, and we'll keep you know probably every third locker as an available locker, whatever meets the six foot social distancing. Uh, showers will be limited to only those that are using the pool. We'll want people to shower before they get in the pool, but other than that, we're going to ask that people just shower uh, at home.
0: Right, God, I don't envy you. this. Is so difficult in all the different scenarios. Um, and then would you limit, do you think how long people could work out? Like you come in, you could only stay for 30 minutes. I'm not trying to to, I'm just like thinking through these oh, scenarios, no. you know, like, no, it's,
1: it's an excellent question. And, and one that we've, uh, that we've talked about, Yeah, we're, we're going to ask members to, to limit their time in the building to one hour.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, um, that makes just,
1: sense. Just because we do have limited capacity to, to take and bring people through, but we do want people to understand that we want them to stay healthy and, Right. It's ironic, right? The, the people that are healthier and more fit tend to do better with coronavirus, it seems. I'm not a medical doctor.
0: Right, right, right. <laughs> but,
1: but, but that's kind of what it seems. So, um, And so many of the resources that the Y has to be able to provide, the, the healthy lifestyle, the social aspects, is everything that we shouldn't be doing during coronavirus, and that's right. why we had to shut down our facilities. But we will ease those back and do the best that we can uh, to adjust course along the way.
2: Are you looking for donations right now to help you put all this stuff together?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we definitely are. Uh, The beautiful thing about YMCAs is is that they are built and supported by the community. Uh, We aren't franchises of YUSA. It's called a federated model. So any dollar that somebody donates stays in Dane County to take and support the effort specifically here with our 3Y locations and our programming. And if someone's interested in donating, they can go to ymcadane.org. And there's a button there that they can take and donate online.
0: Very good. Mark Westover, the CEO of the YMCA here. Uh, Good luck. And uh, it's very admirable, all the things you guys are doing and what you're planning ahead. So, you know, keep us posted. And thanks for taking a few minutes and doing so much for the community.
1: I will do that. Thanks for your time, you guys. Have a a great day, and we'll talk to you later.
2: That website, again, is ymcadane.org. Thank you for listening. For Weekend Perspective, along with Jonathan Sutton, I'm Kitty Dunn.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.